0: your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: The following edition of the Rocky Via Picture Show is dedicated to the memory and the legacy of the soul
2: man, Rocky Johnson. It is my great honor to welcome, congratulate, and induct into the 2008 WWE Hall of Fame my dad, Rocky Johnson. Thought in my wildest dreams that I would ever be standing here accepting this award. There was one special event that I always remember. It was a father and son tag team match. His very first match in Bahamas. I'll never forget it. First of all, we went over to the match in the dressing room and it was Dad, do this, Dad, do that. I said, okay. <laughs> we st- I started the match. The first five minutes into my match, he told me everything I was doing wrong. So I said, "Okay, I tagged him. Three minutes later, he came back huffing and puffing. And I said, don't tag me, because everything I'm doing is wrong. (laughs) So years later, we still talk about it, and we have a great laugh. But I will say this from the bottom of my heart, and I love him very much. He's my son, and he always will be. And I'm very proud of him. Everybody's gotta go to work. What are your names again? My name. It doesn't matter what your names are. You walk around here interrupting the rock, you like you haven't seen the sun in 20 years. You like you just stepped out of Oliver Twist. Please, sir. May I have some more advice, sir? You want some advice? Here's the rock advice. Shut your mouth. What you want? What you want? How about what the rock wants? Allow me to reintroduce myself. I am the jabroni beating, pie-eating, trailblazing, eyebrow-raising, talking is done, you're out of your class, no sleep till Brooklyn, The Rock whoops your ass. The oh, Can, it you that Can you believe this? Can you believe
1: What's going on, brothers and sisters? Coming to you from Theater D, Roe J, Seat 7, I am the Godfather Nate Milton, and this is the Rocky Via Picture Show, your favorite pop culture and pro wrestling podcast dedicated to the genius of sports entertainer, turned thespian, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Now playing this week, 2010's
2: Faster. Sermon's over. Can you at least find it in your heart to forgive me for what I did? I can't. That's all right. Because I forgive you for what you're about to do. Who's that riding? It's John the Revelator Tell me who's that writing It's John the Revelator
1: Oh, see, that that's just a little taste right there, folks. We can't give you the whole movie. That was just a little taste to whet your appetite. You know, you got to wait for it. You know, John the Revelator didn't come when you asked him to come. John the Revelator came when you needed him to come. And speaking of people that you need in the theater, I can't do this show alone. And since every Cisco needs an Ebert, every Ebert needs a Roper, and every Blaine needs a Twine, I have two special guests quit breaking kayfabe chris i have two special <laughs> guests to help me review this film my first guest is a regular here in the theater he joined me on the walking tall and game plan episodes of the rocky Mountain via picture show and he is the former regional vice chair of the tessa blanchard fan club ladies and gentlemen <laughs> give it up for the professor chris Ely. chris how you doing this week brother
0: i am doing well man yeah i'm so torn with tessa blanchard uh th- I, i'm i am torn with this one this is this is a tough one so but i'm gonna muddle through by talking about faster
1: that's how we do it brother we gotta stay strong we gotta support each other And and speaking of support <clears throat> my next guest is making his first appearance on the show but he should be no stranger to the postmarks out there he's a frequent contributor on the post wrestling cafe hangout he's a former howard stern show wagpacker and he's one of the most entertaining follows in wrestling twitter Hanzi is in the building brother Hanzi. how you doing man i'm doing good
3: bro i'm i'm getting to do a podcast with brother Nate man like this has been like a dream come true bro I you know and I gotta thank Pollock and Way for introducing me to you so I'm glad that you know I'm able to you know help you out with this review I hopefully I don't like get in the way too much because I, I I I know that you uh you run a tight ship here bro and uh you know I'm just here to like give you like you know some support and shit you know
1: I mean that's what it's all about, you know. I we, I know this isn't the Fast and Furious review. We'll get to that next month, but it's all about it's all about family here, brother. And, and so, welcome to the show. It's it's good to finally be talking to you one on one, man. You know we've had interactions throughout the years, even going back to the live audio wrestling days on the message boards and stuff. So it's good to finally be able to sit down on the show and talk to you, man. Especially about this movie, Faster, uh, and. Before we get into the movie itself, and Chris, you don't get to play in these reindeer games because you've been on the show two times already, so we already know mm-hmm. uh, your relationship to The Rock as a wrestler and your relationship to The Rock as an actor. But, Brother Hanzi, were you a fan of The Rock, you know, back in the heyday, back in the Attitude Era days? And, and what did you think of him as a performer?
3: Well, um, when he, fir- I remember when he first debuted, um, me- this is when, like, you know, 96, when, uh, when we were starting to gravitate more towards the cool heels, mm-hmm. so like when he debuted, obviously you know we, I I thought this guy was a dark, right? I was like yo, uh, <laughs> like you know he's like this ultra good guy and all that type of stuff. Coming and, out with uh, the
1: pineapple haircut, <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: yeah. And then uh, he finally, uh, and then when he finally kind of joined the nation, which at first I didn't even like because I was I was so glad that Ahmed Johnson turned heel. And mm-hmm. then within a month, Armand Johnson's back to be a good guy. And then I was like, okay, The Rock is, like, a bad guy now. And I'm like, maybe I'll change my tune or whatever. And uh, within, like, a couple of months, I became, like, a huge fan of the guy because he became, like, really, really funny. Um, I also um, – I don't know if you guys remember a show called Bite This from WWE. Yes, yeah. I remember it. Okay, yeah, so I actually got to ask The Rock a question when I was, like, 13. uh uh, 14, fourteen Uh, it was like it's really? one of those shows. Yeah, where you get to like you call in, but like they, they wouldn't take your call. They would go, okay, we like your question, and it would have to be like a k-fave question. You know, what right. I mean, it wasn't like a real life type of question. <clears throat> So my question for The Rock was, how does your dad feel about you joining the Nation of Domination and turning on the fans? And, <laughs> and, they, they, and then they, on, on one of the Raws, they actually they didn't play my call, but they played his answer to that on one of the Raws when they're recapping. Bite this, where The Rock was like, "Well, my dad's got to understand that you know I got to do what's best for my career, basically." So I thought that was kind of cool that I got to talk, <laughs> that I got to ask The Rock a question at fourteen years old and stuff like that uh that's 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 some great
1: journalism for a for a 14 year old Hanzi.
0: yeah like i I, about bite this i used to listen to that show and think it was like before i understood um the fakeness of wrestling (laughs) um i thought that show was the greatest thing ever with, with like lucas and the other dork on there i forget his name but yeah man uh so I, I can well, what, understand your markdom. them.
3: What? No, when when I called in, it was Vince Russo and like I think Kevin Kelly hosting it.
0: Ooh, yeah. Okay. I,
3: you had I, the eight
0: team. Yeah, that yeah, was the, the that was the first team. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and then when I called, and then uh, I used to, and then I started becoming a Smirky fan. I think it was like ninety eight, where um, it was all about Undertaker, Stone Cold, and Kane. And I called in to just complain. I'm like, I don't want to see Undertaker, Stone Cold, and Kane. I I want to see The Rock get pushed. I want to see other people get pushed. And back then, Kevin Kelly had no problem with being kind of like racy. He'd be like, "Oh, calm down, Babu. Calm down." Calm down
2: there. <laughs> and I was like, "Yo, man!" But
3: I didn't. I didn't care. But like, you know, like me and my people don't remember this though. Like in the like, people think that Vince McMahon and all these guys are like not internet savvy. But like in like the mid '90s, they were like. Really yeah. interactive yeah. On, on the internet. Like Kevin Kelly would reply to me and my friends' emails about like, oh, um, I go, how do we get a job with WWE? And I would get mad at his answer because he would give us like, Oh, uh, you just go to school and uh get in contact with us afterwards. I'm like, No, damn it, I want a job now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, R- Russo sitting in the corner. Listen, bro, it's not gonna happen, bro. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah,
1: exactly, exactly, man. Yeah, it's, you know
3: what I mean. Like I, I, I remember the, like, the uh,
1: best I can do for you, bro, is you can come out and be one of the great colleagues, ballets. That's the best I can do, bro. <laughs> yeah,
3: the, the, funny <laughs> thing, the, the, the funny thing is, you know how like uh, people, people now, are, um. Within within their podcast, all these guys go off on fans for complaining. Right? Mm -hmm. I remember that um that infamous Raw um where Stone Cold uh. Uh, you know, stunned Vince McMahon for the first time in the Madison Square Garden Raw. And on the internet at the time, it, it was getting buzzed, like, oh, this is going to be, like, the one of the biggest shows they do. will be a lot of surprises. And I remember some people were let down for some reason by the show itself a little bit. And I remember Vince Russo just going on a rant about, like, we gave you Cactus Jack. We gave you Austin Stunning McMahon. What do these fans even want? And then, the <laughs> first time I ever heard Russo ever really, like, go on a rant, about, like, the internet fan and all that, man. It was, it was pretty crazy. It, it's it's
1: funny, though, because you bring up, you know, kind of bite this. And uh, WCW had a similar show, didn't they, too, Chris?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I uh, to
0: listen to that one, too. That was with uh, Borash, right? Yeah, Borash was on there. And then um, sometimes, uh, what's the guy, the fat guy? Um, Mark Madden? <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. Oh, the,
1: was... the, the character of Mark Madden? Oh, yeah, I hate that yeah. guy. <laughs> I hate that guy so much, man.
3: I, I, he's such an annoying guy. I, I get it, though. I get it.
1: It's crazy, though, Hansi, because when you look at what we have now with social media and the way fans can interact with performers, we, we particularly saw this last year with Seth Rollins and how this advanced technology and social media and more access to the performers and to the business is a blessing and a curse. And in some ways, even though I know what we have now is better. In some ways, I kind of liked it back in the message board days when you had to log in AOL or into the Yahoo chat rooms or, or you know, go to uh, WCW.com or, or the WWF.com to, to get CompuServ. the scoops.
3: CompuServe. Well, this is like – and this relates to The Rock also right here. One of the first times I saw internet backlash to against The Rock. I don't, Nate. I don't know how if if you. I know you listened to Opie and Anthony before, right? Yeah. But like, but like before I even discovered Stern on the internet, at least Opie and Anthony were like a little bit more popular. And there was a site that um um I, cause I used to try to do wrestling journalism too, and it was like that's a whole other different story we can get into later on, or whatever. But like the thing is, is like uh, so so you
1: were the one that brought down Ways uh SMC.
3: <laughs> no, With no, that I hot I expose.
1: not <laughs> 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 paying his workers a fair wage. <laughs> no, 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 thing is,
3: you, you, the thing is, the thing is, me I, I, I didn't know. I, I didn't have any sources or anything like that. So basically, anything that I would think of in my in my in my, in my booking in the booking brain, I would just go, "Oh, there's rumor that this might happen." And a lot of wrestling journalists on these sites. Uh, oh, okay. Really Phil available. after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, I, there was like a whole process to bring me down, but like there was this guy, um, on the, there was a site called X Wrestling, and one of the guys that was interning for Opie and Anthony hosted the site, and it was like a raunchy site, it, 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 people would probably deem it alt-right now, but like they would have over-the-top humor and all that, and I, I kind of thought, I, I never really posted too much, I just thought it was like a funny site, they would goof on everything, and one time The Rock went on Opie and Anthony, and this was in January of 2000. And um, then the the guy from that site wanted to ask Rock a question, and then the Rock goes, "Well, let me ask you a question. Are you this guy that runs this site?" <laughs> and then the, and, and then Open Anthony just start laughing because they know that what's going to happen. And then he goes, "Well, I don't appreciate like you, you you and your staff over there. You're calling me Jacqueline and Mark Henry um, monkeys and all that type of stuff because <laughs> I don't I don't really fi- I don't really find that funny." And then like, and then he basically walked out of the interview in the most polite way. By the way, he didn't like throw a tantrum. He said, oh, "I I can't be here." And and opening Anthony, then afterwards started bad mouthing the guy. And then I just noticed on the internet, the people started hating on the Rock a lot more back um, back then. For and, and I just noticed that it, it kind of like. Uh, like not some backlash because he's still over in the main program, obviously. Right. But I, I just remember that like people on the internet. The, 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 one of the first time I saw toxic wrestling fandom just turn on turn on the Rock because the Rock didn't want to be called a monkey um, on by the site, but it was like oh, no. really. It was, it, it was, really, it was really fucked up because The Rock was like, yeah, my, uh, my publicist uh, got me a copy. Like, like you know how on uh, social media you can just read it now? Like, mm-hmm. the fact that The Rock had it, had it faxed to him and basically had to go through it on paper. Wow. To see these comments, you know what I mean? So it was kind of surreal to see The Rock, like, you know what I mean, kind of like call this out. And, and, and I never saw something that I was a part of on the so, internet. So,
1: so what you're saying, Hansi, is The Rock invented receipts.
3: Exactly, bro. Exactly, man. The <laughs> rock was... Yeah, exactly. And then uh, you know, and then uh, basically, you know, I've just always been a fan of The Rock, man. I, I, even when in my internet fandom days, I just thought the, I just thought The Rock was like one of the cooler dudes, and I, I always enjoyed. What I enjoyed about The Rock the most is that. He would always, when he was in programs with guys like Benoit or somebody that was like on, on a lower tier than him, he would always put them over and it always makes them look like they're stars. That's why Rocket will always go down as one of my favorite top guys because even when he beat people, he actually put them over a lot. Yeah. Even though people will complain that, oh, he buries them on the mic, but he always let guys become stronger when they were facing him, you know what I mean? Like, even though Ben Wall, like, lost to him, he made Ben Wall look like a fucking million bucks um in their match, and, like, you know, he put over the boss man for no reason. So I, yeah. I, I always enjoyed The Rock's uh,
0: run. I'm
1: trying to remember, Chris, didn't he, like, put over the hurricane in a little mini
0: feudal Yeah, he was, yeah. Like, The Rock was losing the people he had absolutely no business losing to, uh, and he and it didn't hurt him no character at all
1: you know yeah, no, exactly. He, he brought everybody up with him
3: yeah no, exactly you know, and that hurricane feud, like that was i guess that's like uh one of like i was see the thing that i'd never been to a wrestlemania unfortunately right but uh, fortunately for me i was at the raw where the rock came down had an infamous promo making fun of all of us canadians mm. um that that other um, like yeah, mother knuckers and he goes, and then and, and and then when he said Toronto, he goes, Yay! And I said Toronto, that's the <laughs> realest you know. What I mean? and, he, and so that so, so that entire raw, and I was disappointed at first because Stone Cold um returned, right? But then Stone Cold wasn't going to come to that raw after No Way Out two thousand and three, so I was like, oh, man, Stone Cold's not even coming, and The Rock is on SmackDown. But then The Rock, it, it became like breaking news: Oh, The Rock is gonna um is gonna join raw um for to, to wrestlemania and i was like oh my god this is crazy we're gonna see the rock this is like even though i love austin this is 10 times better the hollywood rock is yep. one of my favorite incarnations of the rock
1: well speaking of hollywood rock Hanzi, thank you for the segue brother you throw the alley i, I give him the oops uh, speaking of hollywood rock when The Rock made that transition into movies, were you behind that move? Did you think that he'd be good in movies, and did you think that he would become the biggest star in Hollywood? No,
3: well, I, I didn't. I, I thought it would happen sooner, but like you know what I mean? Because like for a while, his career, it wasn't that his career went down, but it was—it felt like he was just, like, another guy in the, in, in the acting field, you know what I mean, for a bit, like, within, like, the mid, like, within the mid-2000s. So, like, I, I, was, I was kind of disappointed that he didn't become a bigger star faster, but then it eventually, he basically went, I think the, the Fast and the Furious series really yep. turned it around to become, like, a, a really, really, like, a big mainstream name, right? But I was I was always a fan of the, like, I was disappointed that he was going to leave wrestling, but I was so happy that, like, you know, somebody that I grew up watching, now, like a bunch of fans that didn't watch wrestling are gonna know who The Rock is and, uh, and like know that how funny the guy can be. And, and me, and I was hoping that he would be like, you know, uh, like the next Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, and kind of like be that way. Like, I, I, um, like uh, most recently he actually replied to me on Twitter, actually. And it was like one of like, the greatest moments of my life because the, I've been messaging The Rock for a long time. And, you know, and normally celebrities don't approach you, but, the only reason why I did it, it was because, um, throughout my tenure on the Stern Show, um, Howard would always take shots at The Rock, and and I remember The Rock used to go on Stern Show like once or twice, and mm. all that, and I, maybe Rock didn't like Stern's type of interviewing, but because like you know, I remember one time in particular when like the, you know Howard would grill him about, well, how do you keep the Rock name? H- how much did Vince McMahon like you know? Um, you know, um, get money for that, and the Rock didn't want to address that. And he goes, "I know," he goes, he goes "I know Vince man. He he doesn't give away anything for free, <laughs> and all that." Right. So I, I think the Rock never really came back on Stern, and once in a while, Stern would just take jabs. at at him like whether it's like oh the rock might get into politics and he'll be like oh what is this what is this brain dead idiot no you know all that and so then (laughs) i i kind of just hang the rock in uh it was like october i go did the rock cost howard money or do something to him like personally because howard keeps attacking the rock and the rock should address this right and all of (laughs) a sudden i left i left twitter i come back like a few hours later my 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 mentions are blown up the rock, the rock replied to me, and he goes, "I have no issues with Howard whatsoever. I thought me and him were buddies, and he just did a shrug emoji. But like that was like the coolest thing ever." And he, and, and by the way, Yo Nate, this was like right, this was like an hour or two before the SmackDown on Fox debut. So mm. I was like, so I was so happy that like this guy is backstage getting ready for SmackDown <laughs> on Fox, and he's replying to one of my stupid questions. So like, yeah, so like
1: he's like, "I remember that kid from Bite This." <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, that'd be <laughs> joke, man. That'd be that'd be hilarious. Yeah, but so, that's like my interactions with the Rock, man. I I just I've always been like a fan of the guy. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm always happy for the guy's success. I might not like all his movies, but mm. I'm just so glad that he's like become like such a big, uh, like like, like one of the biggest drawing movie stars. Because like at least as us as wrestling fans, we get a claim. Yo, we ha- we knew this guy first, and yep. we have claim to him before any of you uh, assholes have claimed to him. You know
1: what I mean? We liked The Rock before he
0: was cool. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I, I give Rock credit for, like, before The Rock became a movie star, everything that had a wrestler on it, like, as far as a movie was concerned, I forced myself to like it, even if I knew it was really horrible. Um, the Rock That's was the only one sitting
1: <laughs> in the theater like,
0: yeah, Uh uh, yeah. Mr. Nanny is hot. It's a great right, movie. Yeah, exactly. The Rock yeah, the Chaperone the, is a masterpiece.
1: It should be right, nominated for six Golden right. Globes and an Oscar. <laughs> yeah, the Rock.
0: Um, he did so many movies and so many mainstream movies to the point where I didn't. I, when when he started doing bad movies, I didn't feel as bad for not liking it because he's um. Because he was so popular, right? Like, and like, so now I'm not. I don't have that same obligation that I used to have to wrestling movies, where I felt like I had to like every single one. If that makes any sense?
1: Well, well it well, does. I mean, right? The Rock, he he opened up a new lane because, like you said, he wasn't the first by any stretch from the world of professional wrestling to go to acting and go uh, to movies in particular. But the the roles that he did and the way he was able to play an action guy the way he was able to play a family guy in these disney movies the way he was able to show charm and the comedy and all that stuff that opened up a lane for dave batista that opened up a lane for john cena and for people like that that might not have been there had the rock stopped after you know those first bad reviews came out
3: right no no absolutely man like I, i i i always say that like you know like um one of the most, like, you know, I, I thought like one of the most, like, uh, heartwarming thing was when uh, he first did his first movie, and WWE, I think on Raw, where it was playing some of, like, the red carpet stuff, and then The Rock just basically, like, you know, goes to the camera and goes, yo, thank you all for everything you guys have done for me, and you know, and, 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 and thanks to, like, like, he basically gave thanks to, like, everyone on the roster and all that, mm. and I thought it was, like, one of the coolest moments, because I go, you know, this guy, like, like I, that's when I was, like, really, really happy that like when the run because the rundown got a good to me at least with, with my friends we all loved the rundown and we we liked the passing of the torch that Arnold Schwarzenegger did in that movie yeah. um by just walking past him and all that so I just thought at that time the Rock was going to become big at that time and then I kind of just gave up not 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 that I gave up hope but it just seemed like he was he, he wasn't really you know making headwaves um, um in the movie industry and then I thought like. Towards, like, you know, 2010, 2011, he started becoming a lot better. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he suddenly started getting more of a push, and I was, like, so happy to see it because, like, so many people that didn't watch wrestling on, like, you know, on Twitter that I talked to, like, they're like, oh, yeah, man, this rock is, like, one of the coolest dudes ever, and I'm like, yeah, man, I've been watching this guy since, like, you know I mean? He, he, I, I owe it to him because um, without the people like Rock and Stone Cold, high school wouldn't have been, like, you know, like, in, in the middle school... It was just becoming the Attitude Era a little bit, right? It was, like, just starting to come out. And it wasn't really popular to talk about wrestling. We all had to, like, hide it. The only time we talk about wrestling was when something really cool happened at an event, like, at, like at a pay-per-view. It was, like, really good, like, Royal Rumble 96 and all that. Like, oh, look, D- Diesel gave Undertaker the middle finger. That's so <laughs> bad. Oh, my God. That's so fucking crazy and all that, right? But then, like, in high school, guys like The Rock and Stone Cold, like, it became more acceptable to talk about wrestling. So, like, people didn't have to be ashamed as much. Like, not everyone was a wrestling fan, but, like, at least, like, it wasn't, like, you know, it wasn't, like, looked looked down upon because everybody was a Rock fan. Even if someone wasn't the most hardcore wrestling fan, they would always go, yo, the Rock is, like, the funniest guy ever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, my, my friend would just quote Rock quotes all the time and all that. And I'd be like, yo... Uh, I go, yo, that's awesome because, like, you know, it just made high school a lot more easier for me in
1: that regard. Wrestling had become part of pop culture, you know, in a way that it hadn't since the '80s, and you know, the the Attitude there and the Rock and Stone Cold and and WCW on uh, Nitro, like they all played a part in making this thing where it's it's analogous to kind of superhero stuff now. Where for years, if you were a comic book fan or if you dug superhero movies and stuff like that it wasn't the end thing. It wasn't the cool thing, but now, in the age of the MCU, and to a much, much, much lesser extent, the DC films... Sorry, DC stands out there. Stay <laughs> mad. What you gonna do, turn the podcast off? I don't think hey, so. Hey, Joker, Joker
0: um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix just won a, a Golden Globe, right? Okay, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. I
1: like I like this performance, that movie. Mm, I got thoughts, but that's, that's not the movie we're here to talk about this week. <laughs> we're here to talk about faster, so... Let's hop in our car and and, and take a trip back in the time because it's time for the Time War. All right. So, fellas, premiered on November 24th, 2010. Do you know what the number one song on the Billboard Top 40 chart was? Hanzi?
3: what's oh, your guess? Yo, yo I'm, I, I could be wrong, but I'm, I know this is around the time that Kanye West is one of his best albums came out so i'm gonna i'm gonna really assume that it has to do with kanye because i remember uh that push T and him that him song um uh you know runaway uh, run well, yeah yeah runaways was like one of like the hotter songs and like the singles so i'm gonna say was it kanye west or am i wrong on that
1: one okay Hans is going kanye where you going chris
0: okay so you this is 2010 you said it came out yep. so um, there's three songs from that movie. I was dating a girl who um, I do not like anymore. Uh, <laughs> was like, uh, as you, a could, you just
1: left it at. I was dating a girl at the time. You had to.
0: But there was there was three songs that I remember a bunch from that year that that I just hate. Uh-oh. One of them was this song where I don't know the name of it but she kept on saying like a G6 like a G6 oh I the remember that song one, yeah yeah the other one the I think it's two of them it's it, it's well one of them was a Rihanna song where she was um where where she was kept saying what's my name what's my name nah, <laughs> nah, nah. what's my name and then there's another Rihanna song where she's um, I can't think of the name of it. I can't even think of the way it goes. But um, if I'm gonna pick one, it was the oh, only girl in the world. That's the Rihanna song. Uh, okay. So, but um, the I, I want to say. And this was right before I saw the movie. That's why I'm thinking of that too. So I'm gonna say, um, only, not only Girl in the World. I'm gonna say the other. One. What's my name? What's my this? name
1: by Rihanna? Okay. So Chris went. Oh, Far East Movement had the uh, like a G six.
0: Yeah, that shit, man. That oh was... yeah, I
3: forgot about Far East Movement, man. Yeah. Yeah, they that song good. was
1: everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so Chris is going with Rihanna. Hansy's going with Kanye, my beautiful, dark twisted fantasy, or is it twisted dark?
3: I I, I was confused. That's why I didn't want to say the album name <laughs> because I always get, I always get that confused because people don't even address that uh, album by the actual name. They do it by the acronyms, so I always get it confused of what of what the actual album name is called. But it's like one of my favorite Kanye albums. though.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that was one of Kanye's best before he. Before he uh, evolved, (laughs) say we (laughs) we gonna leave it at that. (laughs) Uh, But no, neither one of you are right. This song actually surprised me because I I'd forgotten about this song. The number one song on the Billboard Top Forty the week of November twenty fourth, two thousand ten, from the album Five O. It was Nelly, "Just a Dream." (laughs)
0: Oh, the one with uh, the country singer.
1: I was no, that's uh, over and over with Tim okay. McGraw.
0: The what? There was I was thinking about her. But yeah, that, that's what yeah,
1: did. yeah. That, that was number one. Yeah, for like a oh week, <laughs> and it happened to be the, the week this movie came out. <laughs> God, wow, yo, know, I thought I thought, I thought Nelly
3: stopped, I, I thought Nelly stopped becoming like a number one uh, guy, like. In like you know the mid two thousands, like nice. I thought by, by that I thought I thought we all moved. On. I th- me personally, I've always I I didn't mind Nelly. I always thought that he was Drake before Drake. Like if Drake ah. were, if Drake were around when he was, he would have like you know what I mean. Like if Nelly right. had come out during this Drake era, I think Nelly would have been like ten times more hotter than Drake has because <laughs> hate, I, I, he, I'll
0: give. I, I'm not a, the biggest Drake fan, but he's. Better than Nelly. <laughs> <laughs>
3: no, no, I know, I know that, but I, I, at time, as a are you time hating
1: for, on Nelly for it, Chris? I'm yeah, just no. saying
3: that. You, even, look,
1: look, yeah. Chris. Okay, I know you're a professor, but do you know what you got to do? Do you know what does it take to be number one? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. one is just a winner, and two, nobody remembers Chris. Yeah, hey. it's not even the but, lyrics, but we gonna go with it.
3: No, but yeah, because no, I usually, I used to get, I used to get shit on right, a lot of my hip hop friends, like hip hop heads, who'd go, Handy, why do you like Nelly?" I'm like, I don't know, I, I just think the guy's not that bad as everyone says he. Is. I think because his style wasn't, um, you know, becoming like the typical hip hop sound at the time, like you know, yeah. like the New York type of sound. So I always like wonder why everyone hated on Nelly. I go,
1: Nelly know, is for- the bridge from L O Cool J to Drake.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a, that's a you know, that's a quotable right there, bro. That's a quotable right there. <laughs> yes, Brad Brad the Archivist, quote that, son. Uh Nelly is the bridge from LL to Drake. But yeah, like I I'd forgotten all about just a dream, but this was like Nelly, like you said, Chris, trying to get back some of that country flavor. And yeah, I yeah. guess it worked for like a week.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but let's let's check out some other things about this film before we get deep into it. Let's talk about the box office here, fellas.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Faster had a budget of twenty-four million dollars. Chris, what is your guess to the worldwide box office take for this film?
0: Oh, I, I seriously doubt it. Okay, so if it may, if you said what was the budget? Budget was twenty-four. Okay, so um, it I think it made. If you're if you're not counting promotion for the movie, and I don't know how much they spent on promotion, um, I, I definitely think it made a little bit back, but it's not going to be much. It's not going to be over fifty million. I, I would say like maybe thirty seven forty million, maybe even less than that. I, I would say something in the thirties. It, it did that movie did not because <laughs> uh, it it was one of those movies that. Was it was if you didn't like if you just weren't watching um TV all the time, if you weren't watching Raw or or something like that, you would completely miss it came out. So I'm gonna say final answer maybe thirty five um shit. Forty, thirty five let's say thirty five million. That's my final answer.
1: Chris goes thirty five Hansi, what what say you? I'll just go the simple thirty million.
3: I, I I know I I know that it didn't do I know it didn't do like super numbers in the box office. I remember that much, but mm. I I I never really the thing with me, dude. I, I I I think that I don't really pay attention super hard to like the box office because if I like a movie, I like a movie. If I hate it, I hate it. So like you know, to me, it, it it doesn't matter about what what how much money the movie made. But I understand why like. You know, uh, from a stats point of view, why people would find it fascinating and all that. I understand. So I'm just going to say 30 million. You know
1: what I mean? Hansi goes with 30. Chris goes with 35. All right. So Faster had a budget of 24 million. This movie made worldwide. That's all the countries in the world, gentlemen. (laughs) Mm -hmm. $35 million. Why? Oh, wow. Uh, So not a not a big hit.
0: <laughs> yeah, not a huge. Like hit, if
1: you yeah. factor in advertising and promotion and, and all that other good stuff, like they just barely made a profit.
0: Yeah, it's probably it probably lost money for um what was it? Castle Rock? Yep. Yeah, that's cuz I I just the only reason why I know that is cuz I just saw the movie so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, so let's talk about this movie. This is of course a film, it's an action thriller starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, directed by George Tillman Jr.,
0: yeah,
1: written by Tony Gaten and Joe Gaten, starring The Rock, starring Billy Bob Thornton, uh, starring a bunch of good people. Carter Cucino is in this one. Mm-hmm. Oliver Jackson, Maggie Grace, Moon Bloodgood, You're Curtis welcome. Gaines. Adewale Akinnuoye. Yes. That's Ottabisi from Oz, if you don't know.
0: Yes, and we gotta talk about him once we get into this movie.
1: Mike Epps is in this movie, ladies and
3: gentlemen.
0: Uh-huh. He's not
3: he he's not in it enough. I thought he should have been in it more, mm. man. I I thought he was off. I thought for his role that he did, I thought it was kind of funny, you know what I mean? And it's it's, Nate, it's funny that you list off like like since we live in an era now where like like, uh, I, I never used to pay attention to, like, a- like actors or directors and all that because I used to be, like, kind of in my own wrestling bubble, right? Mm. So then if like, for the 2010, I started, like, kind of memorizing, you know, pop culture names and, you know, the resumes of some of these actors. But, like, when you name some of these actors, I have to, like, go, oh, I got to Google this now because, like, the information now is so much. I yep. can't keep up with names and um, pop culture people, or like just politicians in general and all that. So I gotta look up like some of these names, and like I I didn't know you already had like a list of like like when you named all these guys. I was like, who who's that a guy again? Who's that guy? Again? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm always confused in this era, man, with uh who's who anymore. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, you know, you, look, I come prepared, Hans. I I I gotta make sure I got my facts and figures and and stats for the people. And here's another little trivia note. Did you guys know Selma Hayek was supposed to be in this movie? Oh, Not really?
0: Nah, I didn't know that at all.
1: Yeah, Selma right. Hayek was going to be playing the uh, detective part.
0: Oh, okay. She well, was I, I, be I,
1: detective, but she had a scheduling conflict, and so then they went with uh, Carla Gugino. A- yeah, yeah, she's
3: she, she she's from um, uh, American Gangster, right? No, Selma uh, Hayek is
0: is is um she's. No, no. Uh,
3: not not Selma Hayek, the other girl that they, they chose. Uh, the Carla, girl, the other, yeah, Carla Gugino. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: she's an American gangster. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. That's that's why I remember her from um in in yeah. this flick. You know what I mean? That's and I, I think she was also in uh, other movie, She was also in another like very popular uh show or movie. I could I, I could be wrong. No, you know you know she was in she was in Watchmen as uh. The movie mm. watching, and she was in that. She was in that movie. I remember her from as well. Yeah. So yeah. No, so I, I. I. She was like the one. Per, Billy Bob Thornton and her were like the two people I. I kind of yep. were from a little bit familiar with when I. When I saw this movie.
1: So like the basic plot of this movie, I. I like I said, I, I got my information and my research here for the people, and I could read you this long Wikipedia slash IMBD paragraph that I compiled to tell you the plot of this movie. But I can do it easier than that, Chris. I can I can tell you this movie in one sentence.
0: What?
1: The Rock's character, named Driver, his brother is killed, and so the rest of this movie is just Kill Bill starring The Rock because he goes on a roaring rampage of revenge, killing the people that killed his brother, roll credits.
0: Right. That's the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's It's one of those things where um, if you're a fan of like nineties fair like I am, you one second. This is LA. Remember Uh-oh.
3: that. Oh shit. Okay.
0: okay.
1: Driver Uh-oh. has one more person on his <laughs> list to cross off.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so um this this movie was like one of those um like it reminded me a lot of like one of those nineties fair, like one of those revenge flicks from the nineties. Like you said, it's Kill Bill with the rock and it's <laughs> If you like a lot of killing for no reason, which I do, (laughs) (laughs) then this movie is going to be right up your alley.
1: That should have been the pull quote for this movie. It's like, instead of getting Roger Ebert to write something, if you like movies about killing people, which I do, go see faster.
0: And I remember Ebert specifically hating this movie.
1: It seems like a movie he would hate. (laughs)
3: Yeah, <laughs> it kind of it kind of reminded me uh, it kind of reminded me of like a more like i thought it was, i thought it was influenced by uh, mel gibson's movie payback right payback, a, a little yeah. bit yeah, yeah. that's you know a perfect me? one yeah yeah you know what i mean and so i thought i thought it was like kind of like in that kind of frame because even with like like i thought like the 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 whole hitman like the hitman plot like uh to like yeah. can't catch the rock i thought like like when they revealed that oh, he only gets paid a dollar for this. I thought, does that really need to be in the movie? Kind of like, like, <laughs> did, he really to, did he really need to have this? Pay? Like, you could have just done Billy Bob Thornton going after him. I just thought the, the, the I totally forgot that hey, was no, that, that, was, uh, that was
1: that uh, was a George Tillman's homage to Trading Space uh, Trading Places. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's like, how much was the bet? One dollar. Here you go, Winthrop.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I haven't seen trading places. Oh, in, in, trading places! So, no, 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 no. no I, I don't, I've seen it. I, I haven't seen it in a, in a, in a long time. And some of these movies, I saw them like once or twice and i'm like oh, okay i saw it and sometimes so whenever and nate whenever i listen listen to you and you make references to like movies or, or tv shows and i haven't seen it in a while you always make me go i i get i get kind of frustrated because i'm like now i gotta go watch this movie again and find <laughs> out the references and you know what i mean because I'm, I, I totally forget some of the references in it but yeah i remember i remember trading places that was a pretty funny movie man Oh
1: i love trading places <laughs> Looking good, Lewis. Feeling good, Billy Ray. <laughs> uh but, but let's talk about what we liked about this movie cuz we're going to talk about some of the things that maybe didn't work for us, but let's start on the positive note here fellas. Um so Hanzi, what's uh one or two things about Faster that that you really enjoyed, particularly on this last watch?
3: Well, I uh, I I did enjoy um just like the aspect of him just kind of going and uh you know, getting, like, you know, getting revenge for, like, you know, his brother dying and all that. Like, I I liked the... Like, how he already had a set of names and he basically, you know, each scene was, like... Like, I, I liked how, like, when, like, the, the person he was confronting, um, like, basically go, oh, oh, oh shit, he's back. Like, I kind of like how they sold that. Like, how... Like, yeah. like they knew that they were in fucking trouble when he was on the scene. So, I kind of dug that. I, I dug that, um, like, the... the I... I don't. At the time, I didn't like this because I thought he should have just killed the preacher. But lo- looking back at it, I actually thought that was kind of cool that like there was like one black guy he spared. You know what I mean? Who <laughs> turned his life around? You know what I mean? I didn't want too many black dudes dying in this movie, right? So I kind of, I kind of, in a way, kind of dug that he spared the preacher um, in this movie for some... I, I don't know why. I guess maybe because he he actually... It showed that, like, he isn't totally cold, uh, cold-blooded cold and that he did, like, have, like, you know... He did, like, have, like, some type of uh, con- conscience in him where he... I'll,
1: I'll, I'll <laughs> pick up on that real quick, Conzie, because that, honestly, is my favorite scene of the whole movie.
0: Right, yeah. I was going to uh, say the
1: same thing. When you, when you got... Uh, the guy—I'm not going to try to pronounce his name again, folks. Uh, Ado, Ado, Ado Wale, who played uh, b c on Oz, and yeah. he also played uh, uh, Killer Croc on uh, Suicide Squad.
3: Yeah. Oh uh, no, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Uh, he was basically like the lookout for those that haven't seen the movie. Right. He was like the lookout for the guys that killed his brother. He didn't know they were going to kill the Rock's brother. Yeah. And so. After he ended up going to jail, he gets out and he turns his life around and he's like a preacher who is specializing in kind of these wayward kids to keep him off the path that he went down. So when The Rock runs into him, he's like, uh, you know, uh, you know, may God have mercy on you. I'm I'm just praying for your brother. And then Rock's like, God can't save you now, which is a cold line. Uh, It's in all the the trailers. Uh, But what I like about it is when, besides the fact that he just starts singing John the Revelator for no reason and, and right. then somebody that grew up in the church, like yeah. that just makes me laugh every time.
0: Yeah, same uh, here.
1: The guy's got a gun to his head. John the Revelator. <laughs> <laughs> like, like That is what we're doing here. Uh, but but I like that uh, the pastor kind of accepts his, accepts his fate. He's like, right. yeah, I'm not praying for you to not kill me to save me. I'm praying for you not to kill me to save you. Because, like Hanzi said, there's still a little bit of good in The Rock. Because up to this point, everybody that he killed deserved to be killed.
0: Right, yeah. And, and, and you can and, make um, an argument sure.
1: that, the, that the pastor was yeah. the only person from that crew that deserved mercy. And right, The Rock yeah. ends up giving it to him.
0: Yeah, he, he did deserve mercy. Because he wasn't like, everyone else didn't care about human life. Their yeah. whole thing was making money and stuff. That guy's thing was making money, but he didn't know that they were going to do what they did. Um, And I thought that he deserved to live. And I want to say something about um, Adewale. Here's this thing with this guy. The first time I ever saw him, I want to say, was in Congo, I want to say. And he played an African guy. And then I saw him on an episode of Pensacola Wings of Gold. And he played an African guy. And then he was on Oz. And he played like an African guy. So this whole An African time, guy with a little hat. Yeah, yeah, out a <laughs> And this whole time, it was just like what happened when I found out Stringer Bell or <laughs> Idris Elba from The Wire was <laughs> English. It yep. rocked me. Like when I, when I saw this movie, this was the first time I saw this guy Playing an American, and I was like, "What the hell, man!" (laughs) It rocked me, man. It really did.
1: In addition to uh, Adewale, what what else did you like about Faster?
0: Okay, so um, I love um Carla Gugino. Um, I don't know, something about her that's just I I always she's uh, she's always been like pretty to me, and I just I love her presence on screen and everything that she does. So I like her. Um, I liked uh, Moon uh, Bloodgood as well um, she's kind of a little bit unknown she ended up marrying some baseball player I believe but um, I love Moon Bloodgood I also have to give a wrestling shout out to Lester Spike, who mm. was Rasta the Voodoo Man yes um, <laughs> he's in this movie um, and, I, and I I don't know if the, and, credit, wait 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 where, where
1: was Rasta the Voodoo Man
0: from Oh he was from um wait wait wait. hate not, was it um Haiti or what I forgot. No, I'm talking about
1: what show was Roster the Voodoo Man on?
0: Oh he was on um G uh GWF, right? Global Wrestling Federation. Oh, and then my wife and kids.
1: Yeah, he yep, he was on My Wife and Kids, and here's the thing. Not only was this dude wrestling, not only was this dude on my wife and kids. But he had maybe the greatest sports commercial of all time, Chris. Oh yeah, Terry Tate, mm-hmm. office linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> wait,
3: which what which guy, which, which guy was this again? Which, which this is the, the guy uh,
0: Rock fought in the bathroom.
3: Oh him? Oh you mean the 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 black bouncer dude, right? Yep. Yep. Oh okay, he he's a wrestler, huh?
0: Yeah, Rasta the Voodoo Man. I think he he might have some YouTube videos, but I remember back in the day reading about him in wrestling um, magazines and stuff. And even to this day, he still gets credited as Rasta. They don't credit him as Rasta the voodoo man, but they credit him as Rasta. And um, like in the wrestling mags, they used to say this is a, that he was a guy that you got to look out for and stuff yep. like that. Um, yeah, he
1: played in the USFL for a little bit.
0: Right.
1: Uh, he was a wrestler for... About seven years. I didn't know he was in that long.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, he uh, was- and then,
1: of course, uh, he was. He got into acting, and he was on My Wife and Kids. That's where a lot of people probably know him from. He was uh Frank. Was he? He was a uh, Junior's girlfriend's father.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. He, and then, right, then he was also.
1: Had- yeah. Terry Tate, his linebacker.
0: <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. He's he that this guy's been in a lot of good stuff. So like, Whoa, well, watch it, your back, uh, Brad. That yeah. food, that lunch isn't yours. That that name tag on the lunch
1: says Emily. Your name's not Emily Brad. Woo! Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh like he's he's a guy that I think I don't know what it is, Chris, but like you know, you you see people that are really talented, but mm-hmm. for whatever reason, they're kind of pigeonholed. Like I think this guy could be i mean obviously he's he's had a really strong career uh, mm-hmm. but I think like he could have done a little bit more if he'd been given the opportunity. because cause he's not just a big muscle head dude he can he's got comedy, he can be dramatic
0: right, yeah, and um yeah, so yeah, and the, and I know I always respect the wrestlers that can leave that life behind mm-hmm. and um continue to work. And he and like I said, he still gets credited as Rasta for a lot of things, so that's a cool thing too. Rasta movie, um, man. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think this movie, even though this movie isn't great and didn't do big bucks at the box office, I I think this movie is very very criticals critical to the Rock's future movie success, right? Because it showed him being like a badass in it. Um, and this is right before the Fast and Furious. I think this was, like, kind of a good transition over to the Fast and Furious movies.
1: Yeah, this is his last major film until Fast Five. Right. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. yeah I, I I thought, like, I thought, like, when I, I, I knew, it, it, like, the movie didn't get good reviews, right? But I, I normally, like, you know, try to judge it for myself and I just remember that, you know, like opposed to the other ones. Like, I thought the other uh, movie that in the mid 2000s that, that I kind of like really liked from him, like other, uh, was a gridiron gang. Right. Mm. So like, so, so like, so like, then he did all a bunch of Disney movies that I, that I go, I just a rock doing his thing, you know what I mean? He's getting his money, but I thought this was like one of like the first movies where it actually became like, you know, kind of like, Oh, this guy is going to actually be a, be a good action star again. And and I, I was actually, I was, I was actually happy that I was right. And because he got his Fast Furious, and he, you know, got he got bigger roles, and he was becoming like a, a a huge player in like you know the the action hero genre. So I was just happy that like this movie came out because like I I really at the time I re- I really enjoyed it, even though there's something that I don't even remember. Like, I totally, I totally blanked out the whole uh, the guy that was trying to kill him as well, right? I just thought that was such an extra part of the movie that the Hitman know, arc, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, and then, and like his his whole story was kind of boring to me. Like I wasn't a shit about this guy and his wife and all that. You know what I mean? Like I I just didn't care about this character whatsoever. You know what I mean? So I, so, but no, but overall, I I did enjoy this movie. It just it, it was different from what I remembered the first time I watched it, though.
1: Yeah, I think that this film, while like it's it's not the best film, and we'll talk about some of the things we dislike in a little bit, but I, I think Chris is right in that it's important as a building block in, in terms of the Rock's career. And we've seen, you know, this is the 13th film we've done on the Rocky View Picture Show. And I would say, like, out of the gate, Rock is put in this position where maybe his acting ability isn't up to par yet, like he really shouldn't have been starring in, in movies, you know as the headliner in his first two or three films, if you look yeah. at it just on the talent standpoint but to his credit, like, there are so many dudes in wrestling who given that, you know, stage because of their name would try to coast on that, but you could sell like the rock just keeps working and working. Like you said, Hansi, he goes and does the family films and he's working and he's working. And then he does, you know, a movie like Southland tales, which doesn't really hit, but he's working, he's working. And then he does, you know, movies like this, the, the more action oriented stuff and and it's not well received. It doesn't really make a whole lot at the box office, but he's working. And so by the time the opportunity arises, for him to do Fast and the Furious and G.I. Joe and stuff like that, he's ready and he is like grown into the stardom that, that he was kind of given at the beginning because of who he was.
3: One of my favorite little cameos was in the, the Reno 911 yep. movie, and um, his cameo was one of the funniest cameos I saw. Like, I was like, the movie was funny in general. But when The Rock showed up, I just like the whole like um like you know he he died quickly, right? I just thought it was like one of the funniest scenes that I seen The Rock do in a movie, and I was like, yo, he should he should do more. He should stick to more of these adult comedies because he really actually you know he actually does well in these kind of roles. You know what I mean? Well, that's
1: another thing I think around this time, Hanzi, that really, in my opinion, helped The Rock grow as an actor is he did a couple Saturday Night Lives. In this time frame, when he right. when he hosted SNL, you know that's something where yeah, you've got to have your chops. You know, you've got to be able to be funny. You got to be able to be able to connect with that audience, and it's stuff that he obviously had the talent to do from wrestling, but now it's in a different arena. And to be able to take that and and show more of his comedic side, I think that's why he's become the star that he is. Because yeah. He could be this action guy who kind of this kind of one note action guy, but he's more than that, right? Like he can do action, but he can also do comedy and he can also make you like him. Like I think there's a likability factor right. that Rock has that a lot of these action dudes don't really have.
0: Right. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. and he's like the kind of movie star where you got the movie stars where um the the girls love him but the guys just don't like 'em, you right? And if you don't
1: stop talking about Adam
0: Driver, the <laughs> <laughs>
1: did the best he could do. Yeah. He had to wear the mask the whole movie.
0: Right? Yeah, but but Rock is one of those guys where you know if you're a guy you still like him. If you're a girl you like him. If you're a guy you like him because yep. he he doesn't fi- he he's he's sexy, but he's sexy in like an uh non-intimidating way for a guy if that makes sense it, it, it's not like one of those things where
1: he's the type you know, of guy who'll steal your girl but he'll buy you a beer first right yeah yeah,
0: yeah. Like, <laughs> he's the kind of guy where if your girl has a crush on him it's like yeah that is the kind of guy you should have a crush on on them like, like you, know you
1: know what go talk to him i want to i want to get to know him too
0: yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, exa- yeah exactly, man.
1: exactly <laughs> yeah, man.
0: it's like you know like with someone like a justin timberlake or something it's like why do you like this doofus <laughs> but like <laughs> with with the rock it's like one of those look no i, I read this article some years ago and, and and i think it's true the rock is the male beyonce right because mm. you know rock lovers are gonna defend the hell out of the rock yep. it's just really that simple like you're not gonna let anybody badmouth mouth them talk shit you know
1: well and the thing about the rock is and we talked about it a little bit on the two fairy episode with john pollock and jimmy Corderas, is, is not only is he somebody that men like not only is he somebody that women like but even if, if you want to kind of split up the demographics even more Hanzi, like Straight people like the rock. Gay people like the rock. Yes. Republicans, Democrats, Independents, children, old people like. There's not really like you'll find one or two people that don't like the rock because you can never get a consensus on anything. But for yeah, the most part, everybody loves the rock. No, no,
3: dude. Every, everyone like, dude, like, there's like, um, like one of like the um it, it, on Reddit especially, it always comes up. Um, they always post this sometimes every few years. But it's always like the footage of the uh, when the the Xbox was coming out and the Rock was there with Bill Gates and he just basically like you know shitting on Bill Gates like in a yeah. more polite way <laughs> and Bill Gates Bill Gates is just like he's taking it it's like. One of the cool, it's like as a wrestling fan, when I saw that, I was like yo, this is so fucking cool, bro. Like he's he's shitting on the Rock is shitting on Bill Gates right where he's unleashing the Xbox. And
1: the Rock just, is the only person that can get Xbox heads yeah. and PlayStation fans in the same room.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like so, like no, but yeah, so like like whatever the Rock would like, you know, they just that's what I was always saying, man. Like he's like like to me, like people always credit Hulk Hogan. Um, you know, as being like, and I understand that completely because like, you know, Hulk Hogan was like, you know, as a kid, you know, you grew up watching this guy, you you know, and, and you fuck, and you love the guy a lot, whatever, for, you know, his like, you know, his like, you know, pro hero stance and all that. But I always just thought that The Rock And like Stone Cold, especially, but more so, The Rock to me was like on another level. Like you know what I mean? Like, and Mm. it's it's so amazing that like that a guy that we grew up watching, like you know, who started out where like the wrestling fans hated his guts and not caring about him whatsoever, to like being a beloved Hollywood um um fixture. You know what I mean? Like now he's like if if I haven't, I don't really follow like as much the movie news and all that. But isn't he slated to play? Someone in the Marvel universe or something
1: like that. No, DC- so he's going to be a uh, Black Adam in the DC universe. Oh,
3: okay, okay. See, see I'm, I'm not. See, I, I, I get confused with DC and Marvel. With some with some of the other side characters. Look, okay? look, look, look,
1: it's it's okay though, hanji because I bet you right now, even though he's going to be Black Adam in DC, and then they they they're going to build to the Shazam movie with with him. And uh, who's you got to play Shazam, Chris?
0: I can't think of his name at the moment, but yeah, you um... know, who I'm
1: talking about people.
0: Yeah, the um, one that was
1: on Chuck. Got it was on Chuck, yeah. yeah. Uh, when when they do the Shazam movie. Even though he's doing Black Adam for DC, I bet you right now, if Rock picked up the phone and called Kevin Feige and was like, hey, Kev, let me get in that next Avengers, fam. He would have no problem with it because he's like, you know what? You can be in both universes because everybody love the Rock.
0: Right, yeah, yeah. He could pull a, a Lawrence Fishburne.
1: You're like you could be Black Adam and Luke Cage. <laughs> yeah, you know, is, is, is Shazam? Uh,
3: I I I've been out of the loop with like I, I, this year. I've been out of the loop with a lot of um, a lot of movies. Uh, Shazam is one of the ones I wanted to catch up on. Is that like a good movie, Shazam? Or, or uh, yeah,
0: and is yeah. Zach Levi is what we're talking. Zach, about. Zachary yeah.
3: Levi, is yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, and
1: to, to kind of counteract what I said earlier for them DC stands out there that's, that's still mad. Uh, like DC's uh-huh. gotten their act together more recently because I thought oh, yeah. starting with like, like Wonder Woman was good, but starting with Aquaman and then Shazam and then uh Joker to a certain extent, like the the quality level and yeah. the consistency has risen. And so, yeah, like I think now is the perfect time for the Rock to step into this universe because if he was stepping in earlier like during those Snyder Justice League years i don't know if even the rock could have saved those movies
3: oh <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> like you, you didn't like the Snyder the, the Justice League cuz cause like, cause people people get mad at me when i say that you know marvel i like the marvel movies better than the 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 dc movies right but like people are like are so like uh they they're like Really going for this Re- release yeah. the Snyder cut release the Snyder mm-hmm. cut so I'm like is it going to make a difference if the Snyder cut gets released or not because like you know what I mean but I'm interested in seeing if the Snyder cut for Batman versus uh was it was it Batman was it Bat- are people asking for the if, Batman? Uh... The Super- oh jo- oh yeah Justice League yeah yeah that, that's it right so 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 whenever I see the DC movies I I I feel like maybe because like I buy, I buy to the Marvel hype. That these movies haven't really been as great, maybe maybe I need to rewatch them again. But yeah, it's like so people were like so so like hell bent on the Snyder Cut being released. So I'm kind of interested in, in what's going to happen with it and all that. So I, I I actually hope that it does get released. If if that makes any sense? Like I,
1: I here's how I feel about the Snyder Snyder Cut, Chris. Like it's mm-hmm. it's the old joke of of I want weed to be legal, so people that want weed to be legal can shut the hell up. Right. right. <laughs> I, I want the Snyder Cut to be legal so so everybody can just be happy and y'all can stop flooding up my timeline with the release of Snyder Cut.
0: Man. Right, yeah. It, it, to me, it's kind of a, a – it doesn't matter right now. Like, I, I was, I'll watch it when it gets released, a video or whatever, but it's like, you know, you made the movie that you made. Now you got to work around what you made and try to make that first movie – Make that Justice League movie. You got to try to make it make sense to the stuff you're doing now, and that's just really the bottom line. Rock
1: Rock would have been great in, in uh Batman versus Superman, though, especially in that one crucial scene. To be like.
3: How do you know that name? It doesn't matter how I know that name. <laughs> yo, yo, the, the, yo, that would be dope if the Rock, if if they got the Rock, I always just imagine the Rock playing all like, kind of roles, so it would be kind of cool if the Rock was like uh, playing Batman or or Superman. You know what I mean? Maybe he would bring life to like like uh, no he, Rock as Bruce Wayne wouldn't like. It wouldn't be the worst thing we've seen, right? No, uh, I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't, man. It wouldn't at all, man. It would be actually pretty cool, like you know what I mean. But then. Like uh, you know let me ask you guys something because like I always like I follow like a lot of guys on Twitter who critique film and how like you know black people are used in film and there'll be one guy going like there'll be one guy a particular like this guy Leslie Lee that I follow he'll always like he he doesn't like like he doesn't like pro cop films whatever so he doesn't like that like people are always for like you know black actors playing cops because he thinks that like his favorite like super superhero, black superhero is like Blade, right? Mm-hmm. And he thinks because like, you know, the Blade embraces his blackness and all that type of stuff. And so I always, I always wonder like, do you guys have a problem with like, like, oh, like, you know, a, a black dude playing like like a, a cop because like, you know what I mean? Like, because like, it, it makes it seem like those are the only type of like people think that by interchanging like, you know, James Bond to be a black guy. That it's like oh the greatest diversity ever when like <laughs> you're still you're still you're still putting a guy and playing a, a a CIA agent basically and the CIA in real life is not good to people so so people got kind of uh, analyze that like I don't know if you see seen that kind of stuff analyzed on Twitter it it makes me second guess like when I watch movies oh is a is this black guy being portrayed properly or is it like the Holly Hollywood uh uh, Hollywood's sake of diversity for the sake of diversity, if that makes any sense to
0: you. The first thing I look for when I watch a movie is, is the movie good? Mm. Um, and then, uh, you know, all the social commentary and stuff, I'll pick that apart later, but, um, like, I, I'm not really, I, I think that, um, with, with the, if a movie is good, you can get away with a lot more things, and I like. I love the movie Blazing Flat Saddles, right? Yeah, I yeah, love yeah,
3: it's that a good movie. movie. And really good
0: movie. but they use the N word and stuff a ton in it. You know what I'm saying? But it's it's a funny movie to me. Who let
1: Tessa Blanchett handle the script rewrites?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yeah, it's like it's one of those things where you know, I'm not going to be I, like I'm not one of those people that that needs. Social com. I I don't watch movies in the same way that maybe the, the, uh, uh, um, like one of those, um, activist critics watch movies, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get you, man. I get,
3: uh, I, I, think because it's, 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 I guess because, like, uh, a lot of people feel like, uh, uh, like a lot of, like, neoliberalism goes in, like, you know what I mean? Like, and I noticed it was Game of Thrones and all that, where, like, people are comparing, like, you know, the Khaleesi or whatever to like yeah. Elizabeth Warren and all that
0: right for me it's got to be obvious like it, to me it's got to be like that second transformer with those stupid rapping robots or whatever that's like RVs. I
1: think yeah. there's a difference between an archetype right like the, right. the, the loyal policeman that's an archetype the, yeah. you know the, the law abiding hero that's an archetype there's a difference between that and a stereotype Right. And I think like when I watch movies, Hanzi, if it's if it's an archetype and it fits the story, like if we're going to do a black James Bond, if if they write a good story with a black James Bond and they explain, you know, his relationship with this organization and and what he's all about, then I'm cool with it. But if James Bond in that movie is a stereotype, then that's when I'm like, yeah, I'm not I'm not rocking with this. Run. No, no, I, I know, I hear
3: you. I, the, reason, the reason why I ask, the reason why I ask, because like, I, I just, if, if like I say, there's a black James Bond. Like, I, I always feel like, oh yeah, that, that's awesome. Like, you know, diversity and and all that type of stuff, right? But then I read people who have opinion on the Hollywood type of diversity. So I, I and the thing is nowadays with the social commentary because political, political stuff is everywhere nowadays. It's like, it's in every art form and and everything. Right. So it makes me think, right. So like, I I feel bad if I'm like, you know what I mean? I feel like I'm not being a good ally. If I'm not like, if I'm for like, you know, uh, like for example, like people always look at Batman as a, as kind of like, well, in real life, Batman would be a bad guy because he's beating up poor people and he's a rich, he's a millionaire, right? You know what I mean? So then, so like, so then part of me goes, also, oh, do I, do I really want a black guy being Bruce Wayne? Like, do I, you know what I mean? Cause like, you know what I mean? Cause like, he's not really do like his father, like, if you watch the Joker, like, and I thought that was like one of the best examples of like, about painting uh, Bruce Wayne's dad as like a bad guy. Cause like, <laughs> that's how he would be in real life. Like a like a, a Bloomberg or de Blasio kind of guy, right, who doesn't right. really care about, like, you know, like a citizen, like he just cares about his millions and all that, so it kind of changes in my outlook on, like, oh, would would Batman really be a good guy or all that, or, like, you know what I mean? So, well, I think, I,
1: again, it, it, it goes back to the story, though, because I think I was listening to uh, Mark Bernard and Kevin Smith on uh, the Fat Man Beyond show. Yeah. I uh, used to be Fat Man on Batman, and they were talking about a black Batman. This was before they announced that uh, Pattinson was going to be playing Batman. And they were talking about with well, the prospect of a black Batman. And, and Kevin Smith's like, you know, Oh, black Bruce Wayne. That'd be really cool. And Mark Bernardin was like, it would be cool if they could tell the story correctly. He's like, cause you couldn't have a black Bruce Wayne. Just, you know, you couldn't just have a black guy step into the role of Bruce Wayne because the story of the Waynes in Gotham city is their old money.
0: Right, and There are yeah, yeah.
1: places in America where old money is tied to a black family. And so he's like, this black Bruce Wayne would have to be adopted by Martha and Thomas Wayne. And you can tell that story of how he's kind of in the family, but he's not in the family and how that relates to what happens when they get killed. And and you can tell a cool story off of that, but you just can't stick this random black kid in, in Bruce Wayne's shoes and say, yeah, we're going to tell the same exact stories because then it doesn't really work. Yeah,
3: no, no, I I, I, I totally agree with you, but I totally agree with you, I t- I totally agree with you on, on, on that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Unless you wanted to make, like, if you're going to make them, like, you know, like a uh, millionaire, like they could be like descendant, descendants of slaves where they're owed, like they, they got the reparations or something like that. You know what I mean? And then, like, like, th- like that's how you could fill it. Or in. unless
1: think- you flip it and Gotham City is. A predominantly black city.
3: Right. Oh yeah, no, and no.
1: all the power structure is people of color. Yeah,
3: that'd be cool, man. That'd be, I'd be, I'd be
1: really dope, man. I, I think it's at some point, and and Chris is right. Like it does all come back to the story, and you also have to realize that a a writer or a director's vision isn't always what we get on the screen. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. so many, you know, masters that they have to serve within the studio system, and and so I think. At the end of the day, you, you try to make the best story you can, and if there's a way to put a message in your story, and I'm thinking of a, a TV series right now that, that does this really well, and that, that's uh, Watchmen.
0: Yeah, I was about to say, Like, if Watchmen. you
1: can make a good show and still have a message, that's, that's, that's great, but if all you can do is make a good show, like, I'd rather have a good show with a message than a terrible show with a message. Yeah. Or, no, not – I'd rather have a good show without a message than a terrible show with, with a message because if it's a bad show with a message, nobody's going to watch it, so the message is wasted. But if it's a good show that has you know, a diverse cast and it's just a story, then that, to me, I think that helps more than trying to teach somebody something in a heavy-handed, ham-fisted kind of way. No, because, yeah, no, no. Especially today, Hansi, like you're saying – everything is so tribal and, and politically charged nowadays the, if, if the people that you're trying to reach with your message feel like you're talking down to them or you're, you're speaking at them and not to them, they're going to turn it off anyway
3: yeah, no, I hear you, man. And you know, and I'm sorry for bringing it up. I, I mean, I, I I know I kind of derailed it a little bit, but i been always I, I I I always want like cause, cause I know you're like a very like you know intelligent dude, and I, I know that you you you're like you know kind of like in this like you, you kind of analyze politics a little bit as well in your podcast and all that. So that's why I was trying to a- ask you because like, I I feel like because maybe because I've grown up. Um, not really, like, you know, like, being dumbed down and kind of, like, just going with what westernized, uh, uh, stuff taught me and all that, and not really questioning it. I feel like I've been more awoken by this stuff, and I know it's, it's better for better or worse. So I always, so like, so now when I watch movies, it's like I feel like I'm not smart enough to even analyze a movie sometimes, right? So that's why I was asking, you know what I mean? Because like, I feel like should I be over analyzing it, or should I just enjoy it for what it is and all that? You know what I mean? So like, sometimes it's hard, especially nowadays, especially if you want to like add to the conversation. You know mm. what I mean? So, so I, I that's why. I brought it up and i I apologize if i took you guys off your game for a second for
1: that you know this is a good conversation i I think again unless unless it's something blatantly offensive then i can tend to let it slide if the story's good but if the story's bad and there's stuff that you dislike Mm -hmm. then that's when we have a problem and speaking of that what (laughs) didn't you like about faster and we can start with chris because chris was one of the hansy hit me up as soon as he knew i was gonna do this movie and chris was one of the first people to hit me up so chris we know you love this movie you probably seen this movie like 50 11 times yeah yeah what what don't you like about faster
0: okay so um there's a couple things one i thought the reveal that billy bob thornton was um the guy that you know hired the hitman and stuff yeah. I thought they kind of made that a little obvious. You like about probably about twenty minutes before you find out that Billy Bob Thornton is the guy. You start seeing it coming. You you know, and and that 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 kind of bothered me a little bit. Um, it, it, I, I did. I wasn't really feeling that. Um, I thought that there were certain characters that could have been expanded on. Um, I, I, at the same time, though, this movie is not a long movie. It's ninety no. ninety minutes. It's not that long, so um, I think that they did a good job of not putting too much stuff in there. But I thought there maybe that there was stuff that they could have left out and replaced it with um, other things. I could, like I could off the top of my head right now but there's there's things like that in this movie and um and uh the um revenge stuff was cool but um I thought it was kind of like I started I, th- I thought I kind of thought it started getting to the point where um and it's a movie so you have to understand that too but <laughs> Things just stop making sense. Like you're not gonna walk up into a hospital and then just shoot <laughs> somebody. That's never gonna happen. I've been to plenty of hospitals um, in my life, and you can't
1: even do that on Grand <laughs> Theft Auto, right? It's
0: Like you, you, you will get tackled down, especially if you're someone like a, a big motherfucker like the Rock. <laughs> you're walking there. That's 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 just so. I mean, if you're going to do that shit, you need to start... You, you need to just make it like the Fast and Furious movies and just go completely bullshit with it to where it's like, okay, this is just nonsense and you take it for what it is. It's like... When or, you watch a-
1: like, if we were going to do that, it, ma- it would make sense for the hitman to do it because he's somebody that's trained right. in being able to do this stuff on, on the on the low... And not be seen. Whereas The Rock, The Rock is not subtle at all with what he's doing in this movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and that could be a little bit, a little problematic if you're because, like I said, this the universe that this movie exists in is almost is like supposed to be a real universe. Like the universe that Fast and Furious existed is supposed to be filled with bullshit and fuckery and de- depth of de- gravity-defying nonsense. So, you can watch That's going that's going
1: to be the sequel to Hobbs and Shaw bullshit and fuckery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Couple the of theaters September yeah, so.
0: 2020. <laughs> yeah, so that so that was my problems with the movie.
1: Uh Hanzi, did you have anything that you uh, weren't feeling in Faster?
3: Well, I I listen, man. I'm a, I'm kind of a Mike Epps fan, so I was kind of disappointed that he didn't have more of a role. Like I thought, like maybe instead of uh, less of like the 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 hitman scenes, you could have had more Mike Epps in it. I I don't know for what, but like you know, I, mean, I just thought like it was a good casting to have Mike Epps in it. But I just thought you could have capitalized more on Mike Epps. Like, the guy's a very talented dude. Um, I I I, oh, I didn't down. i i i did i i didn't like the hitman arc i mean i I understood what they're trying to do with it but i thought you might as well have just revealed that billy bob thornton was the guy like i know they're they're going for this big reveal but you could tell that billy bob thornton was kind of a corrupt dude so you could have just had him just being the guy that's trying to kill the rock instead of the hitman especially when like the payoff is well i i don't know why you do it for a dollar and he just gives him a dog, but I just do it for a hobby. It's like what? Come on! <laughs> it's
2: like yeah. just, you,
3: know, you know what I mean. But um, no. But I I I really did. I I didn't like the scene where he went to his ex wife, his ex wife, and his ex wife is just basically screaming, "Kill them all!" It's like you're in a suburban area and you're basically <laughs> beating out your man's seed. It's like, on. do you really? Do you really care about this guy? And I like just like a Carpenter. She's from uh she's from Dexter and all that. So I I forgot that she was in the movie. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, the, those were like some like the, the killing scenes. Like I liked when he killed like the the, the, the sex the, the, the guy who's yeah. making snuff films and all that. You know what I mean? And and again, like you know how we we're talking about he, how he had a conscience of being a good guy. He didn't he didn't kill the girl that was about to be you know raped. Cause she goes, don't hurt me, and he goes, yeah, 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 I'm not gonna hurt you. So like it showed right there, right? And so that kind of stuff, I did like the the killings and all that. Yeah, but I'm with I'm with uh, Chris on like, why, why did you just kill the the bouncer in the in, in, in the in the bathroom mm-hmm. instead of just going to the hospital afterwards? But I think my my main take my main dislike was the hitman arc. I i just didn't think that you really need I understood what they're trying to do. I just didn't care about the hitman's arc. I didn't care about his life. I didn't care about what like you know him and his what him and his wife are doing and all that. <laughs> I, I I understood that what they're trying to do was like the psychological like uh torment that he goes through by being a hitman kind of in a way, right? But I just thought like that was like kind of a waste. You might as well have just done it Billy Bob Thornton versus The Rock from the get go, even though I guess they wanted to do a big reveal, and I understand that, but I would have maybe would maybe I would have preferred um, it just being obvious that Billy Bob Thornton was the one that was kind of after the rock yeah. for for mm-hmm. for different reasons you know what I mean but i i did i did I, I should mention that I did like the call back to when Billy Bob Thornton shoots him in the head and he's with the metal a plate. Yeah, yeah, and you kind of forget about oh yeah, he had a metal plate in his head, whatever, right? <laughs> so, so, yeah. so like you know, so th- that was what I kind of disliked and liked about it. I'm kind of all over the place, my notes all over the place, and all that. So I, I, I was, I thought when we were going to review this. I thought we were going to review it step by step, scene by scene. So that's why I'm kind of going back to my notes a little bit. And, <laughs> yeah, and then, I'm,
0: you know, I'm, I'm glad that we that you didn't do that night actually, but yeah,
1: um, I mean, you know, to, to me. To, To be fair, though, to be fair to the movie, Hanzi, I understand why they spent so much time with the the killer, because they were setting up a direct-to-DVD sequel of Faster, and it was going to be called Survival of the Hitman.
3: Oh, really? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, I thought you were being serious for a second. Uh, (laughs) That was just a little
1: shout-out to John and Way.
3: Right. But... Uh, it was going to uh, be
1: uh, I, I do, the best well, sequel, there, best I, sequel I, there is, the best sequel there was, and the best sequel there ever will be.
0: Right, and I, I also, one of the things about this movie, too, is I thought they made Billy Bob Thornton too corrupt. Because if you wanted, if you wanted him to be sympathetic, you don't give him that many issues. He was a horrible father. He was always on drugs, a shitty husband, a bad Man. cop, you got to give this, if you're going if, to, if you want the reveal. <laughs> like, like we could take two
1: of those, Max.
0: Yeah, exactly. If you want the reveal to be like strong and shocking and where people, where it resonates with people, you got to give this guy some, some good layers. And he just really didn't have any.
1: What didn't work for me. And again, I'm going to go back to my original kind of analogy about this film, comparing it to Kill Bill. Like the 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 thing that I dislike the most is if you look at Kill Bill, yeah it's action. Yeah, we got, you know, these kind of really gory in some cases visceral fight scenes. But Uma Thurman, her character is serious, but there's also like this kind of charm, this kind of quirkiness about her.
0: Right. Whereas
1: yeah. The Rock, again, this is another movie where Yeah, he's good. He's physically imposing. He's doing everything that the script is asking him to do. But I think the script could have given him a little bit more of an opportunity to show off that charm.
0: Right, yeah, because he has that one line where he tells the guy, you got issues. And that's probably like the. When I saw in the theater, that made people laugh the most out of anything (laughs) in that movie, you know? Yeah,
1: like I I didn't need this to be a comedy, but I could have used, you know, Three or four more laugh lines or, or, or kind of dark humorous scenes from The Rock.
0: Right, yeah. Because well, that's I agree, movies yeah. are. Like Dark yeah, Man like, and stuff like that. Those, that. You get those laughs. It's not all over the place, but here and there.
1: Overall, we're, we're going to get to our ratings here in a second, fellas. But overall, I think this, like, this isn't a great movie, but Chris had mentioned before we started recording. This is a movie that he watched a bunch the year it came out on DVD and it does feel like one of those Saturday afternoon, it's raining outside. You really can't do anything. I got to do laundry. Let me pop in something on the TV that I can watch, but not, I don't have to be fully invested in and have a good time with. And this feels like one of those kind of rainy Saturday movies. Yeah, I
3: agree, man. Yeah, I, 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 I I, 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 no, I, I agree. Like it's, it's not like, something that like is like super riveting where like you, you you need to watch uh like every single aspect of it like it, it's like a movie that you can just have on the background while you're like you know just socializing with friends or like you know just catching up on stuff you know what i mean it's like one of those fun movies that were like the main points of the of the of the you know the the parts where he he does the killing you'll pay attention to that but then like everything else you can kind of shut down, like, you know, especially, I, I keep harping on the Hitman scene, Hitman scene. <laughs> I just particularly didn't care about this guy whatsoever, you know what I mean, but back to, what, what are Chris's points, um, I kind of like that Billy Bob Thornton, like, like, you know what I mean, like, normally, I, I don't, knowing, like, you know, with real life and stuff like that, how the cops are, right, I always favor, the cops being kind of like the corrupt because that's what like a lot of cops are in real life, in a sense, like not every single cop, but like, you know what I mean? So I kind of like that the cops weren't painted in a good light. Like at least mm. Billy Bob Thornton's character was it, you know what I mean? So that's like one aspect, like, that's one aspect that I thought uh, that, you know, that was kind of cool that like, and even in the end, like, you know, they the like typical cop fashion, they cover it up, like they cover it up. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Billy Bob Thornton's corruption and all that. So that's what would happen in real life if that were ever to happen, if that makes sense.
1: Oh yeah, it, it would totally get swept under the rug.
3: Yeah, exactly, you know what I mean? Like, we, like there would be, like, news stations like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, this guy was a, a really good dude, a really good father, and all that, you know what I mean? But, yeah, you know what I mean? So I kind of like that aspect that uh, that that Billy Bob Thornton was like a, a corrupt guy, you know what I mean? Like I, you know what I mean? I, 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 but I will agree that the reveal, like how they revealed it, they could have. I, I guess. I, I guess maybe I would have preferred just them straight up telling us um, that, like that Billy Bob Thornton was the guy that had stake in it, like you know what I mean? Like at least for the audience, like. Not like that the cops would, the other cops would know, but like mm. the fact that the audience would know that, oh yeah, yeah, that this guy is a corrupt dude. Because you could see it coming a mile away that yeah. Billy Bob Thornton was like kind of involved in this, you know, robbery and all that type of stuff.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like that that to me again was one of the weaker parts of the film. But it is time, it? gentlemen. It is time to go to our patented rating system here on the Rocky Mountain Via Picture Show. We got a one to five scale. If you thought a movie was perfect, if you thought a movie was great, if you thought a movie was, was excellent and The Rock was excellent in it, that's a five out of five. That's a great one. If you thought a movie was pretty good, you know, but it had one or two things that keep it from being great, that's a four out of five. That's a people's champ. If you thought a movie was, was you know, perfectly perfectly acceptable, if it's an average film, if the movie is solid and The Rock is solid, that's a three out of five. That's a know your role. If a movie, and we got to give a shout out to Jimmy Cordero on this because we have a new ranking here. If a movie is solid, but there's one or two things that really nag at you and, and you can't overlook them, that's a 2.5 out of five. That is a know your role and shut your mouth. Shout out to Jimmy Cordero. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
3: That's, a good, yo, that's a good added feature, bro. But
1: adding, like yes, that. adding to our system here. Uh, if a movie is bad, but The Rock is good in it, or if a movie is good, but The Rock is bad in it, that's a two out of five. That's a jabroni joint. And if a movie is terrible, if a movie is irredeemable, if a movie is doom, Hansi, that's a one out of five. That's a, that's a straight up jabroni, uh, straight up rock bottom. So, yeah, on a scale of one to five, Hansi, what would you rate
3: faster? I okay, you know what, I'll be kinda generous. Like I I, I hate shitting on people who <laughs> I I, especially if a movie's like not the best, I I really hate shitting on people who go out and actually do acting and all that. You know what I mean? Because I could never do what they do and all that type of stuff. So, especially the I Rock. Kind he's going
1: to yeah, let I, you I, know about it on Twitter. He's going to be like, "Come on, man! I thought we had a relationship."
3: Yeah, exactly. I,
1: Get a kid from Bite This.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I will, I will, give, I'll, I will, uh, I will do uh, a know your role if that's fair enough. I, I'll, okay. I'll do a know your role. I enjoyed it. It was a fun movie to watch. Just a couple of things I didn't really like about it. But I'll give I'll do a Know Your Roll.
1: That's cool. Okay, Hansi gives it a three out of five. A Know Your Roll. Chris, what do you give faster?
3: I'm actually going to give faster
0: a four out of five. Oh, okay. okay. And, I, and I'll tell you why. Because for what this movie is, the, the rock in this movie, he's on the ascent. Mm. So there's a lot of things I can forgive in it. George Tillman Jr. Um, is also on the ascent in this movie as well. Like he would go on to direct, um, like uh, the Hate You Give. Okay. Um, he 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 did Soul Food, which is a different. This was a, this was a departure for him, and I thought um, as a departure, he did Notorious also, which, which was a couple years later. Um, but um, I thought that. Um, I thought he was he started showing promise, it, promise as a director with this movie. Even though the movie isn't great, so yeah. I can appreciate the effort. And this movie continues the trend of putting a young acting novice rock in a movie with A-listers to get him to the level that he's at today, right? So you you got the rock in it. Then you put yeah. Bill, Billy Bob Thornton in it. Then you put Carla Gugino in it. And then you put um, my my man Adabisi. I can't think of his name. <laughs> Adawale. Uh, yeah, Adawale. You put him in it. You you, <laughs> you 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 put these people that can carry the rock and make the rock believable in the role. And um, you could in this movie too. Um, I think if it would have came out um, right now, I think it would make about, w- It wouldn't do blockbuster, but it, I think it'd make about a hundred million. Cause the rock has a strong enough name in 2020 to carry a movie to a hundred million dollar box office. Yeah. So, um, but if they ever wanted to revisit this formula, you could put like Michael B. Jordan in the movie or something. And he's like, yeah, I'm getting revenge on my dad that you killed in that Club or whatever, something like that, Um and it's silly. So, so I, I think, yeah. with cars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, so this, this movie is silly as hell, man. So, but I would say if Tillman Jr. ever decided to visit this, and The Rock was up for it or whatever, you, you, you would need to kind of go the more. No, Yo,
1: you know who'd be good in if, if they did like a reboot of Faster. And it's crazy because we were just talking about one of his co-stars earlier, and it just hit me because you said Michael B. Jordan. I'm thinking Michael B. might be a little past that now at this stage. Yeah,
0: he's year. way past it.
1: <laughs> but I'm talking, I'm talking like this guy is a guy that's been in big movies that I'm that I'm about to bring up. But I think this would be a nice little change of pace for him and give him his own starring vehicle. No pun intended. I think uh, like a Faster Two or whatever you want to call it, starring John Boyega could be hot.
3: But, oh. Yeah. You know, yeah. That would be, you know, that would be, you know, the thing is, like, I, like I know people would be like, well, faster wasn't that big of a movie to warrant like a, a sequel, but I would argue that that sometimes, like, uh, a mo- like the first movie, sometimes, like, and I, 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 I know there's like a lot of example of this.
1: Oh, like, here it first- is, Hunter. Here, look, here's the pitch right here. We, we gonna steal from the Kill Bill playbook. Remember, because uh, uh, Lester Spate, Roster the Voodoo Man. He yeah. tells Rock to call his son right before he dies and tell him he's, that his father's sorry. Oh, yeah. The no, little no, boy no. on the other end of that phone grows up to be John Boyega. Yo, yeah.
3: that would be, yo, yo, honestly, and yeah. He's that, that's for what the rock. I was talking about, yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Actually, no, no, what I was saying is that, like, it, like, people would say, oh, well, you Faster wasn't really no, a, a, a known movie if you do a sequel. But I would argue that maybe if you did a sequel, it might actually be bigger than the first one. And it, it, if you had, like, you know, a John Boyega in it, it actually might be, like, one of these movies where you go, oh, well, now I need to go revisit the old one. Right. And you know what yeah. I mean? So, like, I, I think, you know, a Faster sequel and with that uh, caveat of, you know, the, the guy mentioning his son – I I think that would be a dope, a dope movie especially John Boyega this um when when we recorded it this past weekend he's stunning on a bunch of haters yes. on social media right now so I give him mad props for you know battling the racists online that are <laughs> harassing John Boyega so shout out to John Boyega for that you know what I mean whatever your opinion on Star Wars was John Boyega we can all agree that John Boyega is like like is is so amazing right now and how he's handling all the criticism and what's yeah. going on. So I'm for a faster reboot if it's with John Boyega. All like right, John Boyega.
1: <laughs> but look, Chris, watch. I'm about, I'm about to take it to the next level. I'm about to... Everybody listening to the show right now is going to throw down whatever their listening device is because they're going to be so awestruck by the way I weave this in. All right, so we got Faster 2 with John Boyega. And, and at the end of the movie, he realizes that he has to get revenge. And so he's going to search for the man that killed his father, Dwayne, the rock Johnson, but we never got Dwayne, the rock Johnson's name in this movie. Did we Chris? They just kept th- calling him driver. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think they probably snuck it. in. Hold on. There. Don't, don't try to ruin my,
1: don't try to ruin yeah. my script. Here, Chris. <laughs> what if driver's real name is Hobbs and John Boyega got to go to the fast and furious universe to fight Hobbs.
3: Right? <laughs> you know what, man? It's, it's still, you know, w- w- even though it's, it's all convoluted, bro. It's still better than Vince. Ru- it's still better than Vince Russo booking. So I'm all for it, bro. If you, if John Boyega, get John Boyega in the Hobbs and Shaw, uh, you know, L- yes. franchise, bro. Let's, let's let's do it up, man. Let's do it up. And, and, and right I'm,
1: when he's about to shoot Hobbs, uh, past the Pastor out of BC shows up out of nowhere. Don't do it, son.
2: <laughs>
1: Down the Revelator.
3: <laughs> you're you by the way, Nate. When um. The When the, the, the pastor was doing his sermon and the way he was doing it, I honestly I go, yo, this is like, this is like, it sounds exactly like you when you're doing your promos for like, for like, you <laughs> know, uh, for for John and Wayne and all that, right? I was like, yo, this is like, you know, what I, mean? I I knew you, cause I knew you grew up in like in a, in a church environment, right? Yes. So I kind of, I kind of, I, I kind of I I, 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 I thought like, I thought of you when that guy was like doing the sermon before we found out that he was who he was, right? So I, I, I just I just wanna say that I, I it reminded me of you when uh he was doing like, you know, like the over the top uh uh sermon <laughs> in the movie or whatever man. yeah I, I
1: can't tell you how many tent side revivals I've been to in yeah, my younger days with, with dudes to sound yeah Chris knows with dudes yeah, to sound right. just like that. <laughs> yeah,
0: my, my um my um grandfather was a missionary so um, I, I was forced to go to all that stuff when I was a kid. Yeah.
1: And I did like, like at the end of the movie when Rock is driving away, he turns to the uh, religious station on the car. Right. Yeah. And so, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like he's he's killed all these people, but at the end of the movie, he still hasn't really lost his soul.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. He's he's yeah, trying to not, get. Not...
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, no, sorry for interrupting, Chris. I apologize.
0: No, he's just he's trying to get back what's left of his soul
3: hmm yeah. yeah no ex- exactly and i i think like you know like you know uh he 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 basically like you know he feels like you know like he's not like he's like not happy that he had to do this but he feels like he had to avenge his brother and what happened you know what i mean and it feels like at the same time he kind of like being in prison he kind of like at the same time kind of rehabilitated himself in that like you know he knew what he was like he knew what him and his brother were doing wasn't completely the right thing, but he had to. Like he has to avenge it, even though like it's yeah. kind of a shades of gray thing where he he has to like like even though killing is wrong, obviously, and all that. Like he has to, he feels he has to avenge his brother and get revenge, and you know what I mean. So I, kind I mean, of, I mean, if you
1: really want to get deep with it, if you know, you talk about looking for messages in a film. If you really want to get deep into it, and this this might be kind of intentional from uh uh. George Tillman, because he did do Soul Food, which had some religious uh, themes to it. Right. Uh, what Rock was doing, getting vengeance—that's Old Testament. That's eye for an eye.
0: But yeah, once yeah, he yeah.
1: meets, once he meets the Reverend, and the Reverend talks about you know the road to Damascus and this transformation, and, and you can still save your soul. Then he he gives forgiveness, and so he went from the Old Testament to the New Testament, and so that like there is, if you really want to look that deep into it. There, there is some like spiritual undertones here, right, with, yeah. particularly with those characters.
3: No, I, I no, yeah, I, I, I agree. I never really, I'm not a religious dude, so I never really read the Old Testament or New Testament, all that. I haven't even really read the Quran. I'm a Muslim, right? I you know what I mean. So, <laughs> so like, I'm glad that, you, like, you know, you, you having like a religious background and you being familiar with that, you're able to like tell me because I wouldn't have figured that out on my, on my own, basically, you know what I mean? Cause I'm not, a, I'm not a super religious dude. So like, I, I, I didn't even realize that the eye for an eye thing was like an old Testament thing. Like, I, I, I think I, 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 time to time I take, I take for granted when I hear like, Oh, eye for an eye, I just think that's a old saying, but I never realized that that's from like the Bible itself and all that. So I never really like ever put that together. So thank you for like, you know, bringing that full circle in a sense.
1: You know that, that's what we do here. The, the Rocky Mountain View picks <laughs> We 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 enlighten as we entertain, brother. <laughs> yes.
3: well, 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 Now, 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 with all the references you made, now I gotta go back and watch Trading Places. It's so like you gotta watch
1: Trading Places. You gotta watch Oz. You gotta read the Bible. It's like <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> read the Bible.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a lot of homework. <laughs> <laughs> um, back to back to the ratings. Hansi gave this a three out of five a no year old Chris came in hot with the four out of five of people's champ. I hear what you're saying, Chris. And I, I do like that. You brought up uh, George Tillman. Cause I think this was another step for him to kind of get, to keep working in Hollywood. Cause so often we see directors, particularly directors of color. If they have a movie, that's not a big hit. They don't really get a second or a third chance.
0: Yeah. For real.
1: But I think like, even though this movie didn't make money, it was well made. And so he was able to get those chances and, and he was able to eventually uh make the hate you give, which was very well received. Uh so I think I'm gonna give it like I all that being said, like I just hyped up the movie. Uh you know, I put the movie over big time, but all that being said, <laughs> I'm giving this a three out of five. Because I think this yeah. is this is a really it's a it's a well-made movie like it's structurally sound. Right. But it's not something like it's if it's on like if it's on Showtime or if it's on TNT, you know, I might stick around and watch it for for an hour or so, but yeah. it's not something I'm going to go out of my way to watch.
0: And and I think that all three of us um if, I think the average person is going to rate this lower than this. Mm. A 2 or even a 1. So, <laughs> I think I think that we, I think we could kind of see the intricacies of this movie and kind of judge it for like, because it wouldn't be fair to judge this movie like you're judging a Spielberg movie, right? (laughs) Like you, you gotta judge it for what it is, for who's directing it, it, for where the main star is at his, on the journey of his career. I don't think it would not be fair of me to give this movie a one out of five, especially when you look at how like this guy ascended. But I'm talking about the director as well.
1: Yeah. I like that you brought up the average person, Chris, because let's go to the post wrestling forum to see what the postmarks had to say about this. Forty percent of the postmarks gave this movie a two out of five, a jabroni joint. <laughs> gave this a three out of five, a Know Your Role. And 30% gave this movie a four out of five of People's Champs. So I think the listeners are kind of in line with what we're saying. Like, it's not a bad movie. It's just not a great movie. It's something, again, you can put it on in the background and watch. There's some cool action scenes, but it's not, you know, this isn't something like Infinity War or Endgame. where you have to be so directly tied into the story. I agree agree with you on that, man. All right, so that was our thoughts on Faster from 2010. But don't you think for a second that we're going to take our foot off the gas pedal, because playing next time in the cinema is 2011's Fast Five.
2: so i see you've all met what's this all about Dom? yeah man why'd you drag us halfway around the world because we got a job
1: that's a stealth mission we'll be in and out before they even know we're there
2: we're talking about breaking into a police station this is crazy this is a hundred million dollars you say what i am down Is all of this really necessary to apprehend two make one's a former federal officer spent five years in deep cover the other one's a professional criminal escaped prison twice we find them we take them as a team and we bring them back and above all else we don't ever ever let them get into cars we just went from the middle of the most wanted list to the very top You gotta keep running now. Running ain't freedom. You're going down, Toretto. Big mistake.
1: This just went from mission impossible to mission and freaking sanity.
2: Doesn't change a thing. Chances are, sooner or later, we're gonna end up behind bars or buried in a ditch somewhere. But not today. <laughs>
1: Yes, Fast Five. We have finally entered what I like to call Hanzi phase three of the Rocks <laughs> movie yeah. career. We in phase three and I will be joined by two special guests on that show. Uh I don't know if any of our listeners out there have heard of a podcast called Too Fast Too Forever. It's a fast and furious podcast, spoiler alert, where the gimmick is they keep review each uh run through of all of the fast and furious movies is a lap. So each move, each lap they'll do from the first fast and the furious all the way up to Hobbs and Shaw. And then they'll start the lap over again with a different guest. And so that way they kind of pick up things about these movies that they haven't seen the first go through. And I think right now they're currently on lap five, which means they have watched these movies more than probably anybody not named Vin Diesel. So, uh, I will have <laughs> the host of Too Fast, Too Forever on next month to talk about Fast Five. But before we get out of here, we, you know, we can't think about the future. We got to think about right here, and right now. And I have to thank my two guests this week, uh, Brother Hanzi, for coming on the show. It was good being able to finally talk to you on the podcast, man. Uh, let the people know. Shout out to Twitter. Shout out to Periscope. Any other th- things that you want to uh, let the people know where they can hear more. From uh, one of the one of the best tweeters in the wrestling game right now, <laughs> brother Hans. Dude, you're being way too
3: kind to me, man. Was yeah, that, that's awesome that you think I'm one of the best tweeters. But you know, uh, you know, both. Most- I mean, it's, I'm,
1: it's I'm, either I'm, you or Tessa Blanchard. Y'all are like one or two. <laughs> <God
3: damn. laughs>
1: that, that's it. That's my last Tessa joke this week, folks. That's my last <laughs> Tessa
3: joke. <laughs> well, um, but yeah, no, my uh, my tw- my Twitter. Uh, if you want to indulge in some of my. Manic rant sometimes, uh, Hansy 83 and uh, the same account uh, is on Periscope where I do some broadcasting and I uh have certain, I have uh, different guests on to the you know, just shoot the shit, you know, just talk all, all, all kinds of stuff, whatever. So that's basically where you can find me at, you know, um, you know, and that's basically it. Uh, I mean, uh, Nate, thank you for having me on, man. I, I mean, I've known you for um, close to like a decade now, hearing you. On you know live audio wrestling, on post wrestling, and interacting with you on the Facebook groups and all that, you know what I mean? And I'm really glad that like you, you're killing it in the podcast game. Um, I I promise that I'll listen to more King of Sport. I just I'm not as familiar with sports. It, it makes me you know uh, have to really really indulge into it. You know what I mean? I kind <laughs> of I kind of hate that I didn't I didn't get into the politics of sports as well, because like now I, I miss out on a lot of good personalities all over on podcasting, but dude, you're like, I'm, I'm really happy that dude, you're killing it. And that you're doing these movie reviews, man. And uh, I'm glad that because of the post wrestling world, the live audio wrestling world that I was able to meet you, man. And I'm glad that we got to do a podcast. Cause I thought me and you, uh, you know, we, we, gel, I thought we would gel pretty well on this. If uh, you know, I, I, I'm glad that you had Chris here. Because you know, I, I mean, he filled in the gaps and all of that. You know what I mean? So I, I, I really appreciate that. I gotta to talk to you guys. And Nate, uh, again, you know, um, I wish you the best success for your continued podcast and everything that you're doing, bro. You're one of the good one of the good people out there, bro. And you know, a lot of people are, you know, controversial nowadays and all that. And I think that you're like one of the most wholesome guys out there, bro.
1: That's that's just a gimmick, brother. That's a gimmick. (laughs) As soon as these microphones get off, I'm going down the street and i am start kicking kittens and stealing lunch from little kids.
3: Why are you breaking kayfabe, man?
1: So- <laughs> uh, but yeah, I appreciate that, Hansy. Man, again, yeah, I appreciate uh, you know all all the uh, good conversations we've had over the years, and and uh, you know, Hansy was one of the people for those that have been longtime listeners of the, uh, the law. Uh, when when I got back from Canada and had to go through some things, Hansy was one of the people that reached out to me. So I always appreciate you for that, man.
3: Yeah, 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 and 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 that's why I feel a kinship between me and you because I've you know gone through that kind of stuff too, and you know. I I, I always, like, kind of reach out to people who've gone through that, especially if I, like, really, really like them, like, on the air and all that type of stuff. And I'm glad that, like, dude, like, like you, like, me being a a depressing, like, you know, having mental illness and all that, it motivates me because, like, I'm still in my funk a little bit. But seeing someone as yourself, like, you know, overcome and be be positive and, like, be really productive, it really kind of makes me want to, like, motivate me to, like, be better as well, you know what I mean? So I, I thank you for like, you know, like doing what you do. You know what I mean? I, I know I, I know people get a little frustrated when everyone's kissing each other's ass and all that. I <laughs> I just I I, I, I I never get to talk to Nate as much. So I thought that while I'm on this podcast I would like, you know Build him up as like one of the greatest main eventers on the planet. You know what I
1: mean. And, and then that, that's why we brought Hanzi here, so you know he could put me over. That's <laughs> right, yeah. I, <laughs> I would thank you for that, brother. And, and and speaking of of putting people over, Chris from L.A., Chris Ely, the professor uh let the people know what we got uh, what you got going on some of the stuff that involves me uh like the N- Nubian wrestling advocates which i'm already making a decision right now Chris i know we talked off air we were going to do a show this month i'm putting a pin in that cuz my january is really busy so what we going to yeah. do Chris we are going to put out two episodes in february cuz it's black history month so you get two episodes of the Nubian wrestling advocates that's that's what you call uh, a synergy right there folks yeah
0: and uh Tessa Blanchard um yeah you're, you're not escaping uh <laughs> the uh the the talks
1: right later. don't think just because we're not talking yeah. about you this month tessa we we're not gonna forget about yeah. you
0: yeah and, and, I, and, I, <laughs> and i and i and i'm still i'm still opening to hear what she's got to say I, I i would love to have her on as a guest to just you know get her side of the story with this stuff but um that would That would
1: actually be great we, we, yeah. look, we need to we need to holler at uh, Andrew Thompson because Andrew 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 got the scoop. Andrew knows how to talk to these movers and shakers in the wrestling world. Maybe we maybe he can be our bridge to to talking to Tessa Blanchard.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: yeah. But but what what else you got going on, Chris? You still got the power dynamics and all that good yeah, stuff I'm going still, on.
0: Yeah, I'm still doing that. I'm playing with the format because of election season, so I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, I'm on Twitter. K and does it. I'm ne- I'm never on Twitter, but it's there. So. <laughs> Um, and I'm actually kind of weaning myself off of Facebook a lot too, because I'm just kind of, you know, if, if if I get comments or messages, I'll respond to that. I'm more on the messenger side of things um, with you guys, but you know, I'm open to to anything. I just kind of some of the the political toxicity that's going on at the moment. I just I really want don't want to be in the middle of that, you know. And I like the I, I want to before I I want to. The girlfriend stuff you were going through and that Hansi brought up in 2010, I was like, man, or whatever year it was, I forgot. I was like, man, I wish, you know, that's, that sucks, man. I I hope I never go through it. And then the very next year, <laughs> mm. I went through the same exact thing. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So
1: so what you're saying is I walked so that you could fly, Chris.
0: Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah.
1: were standing on the shoulders of giants, brother.
0: <laughs> you, know, you, you know how it is when it's like you—you you don't want anybody to ever go through that again yeah. with you, or but—but but when somebody else grows through it with you, you feel or goes through it also, you feel a little bit better about it because it's like, okay, at least I'm not the only person that knows how this feels, right? So, yeah. yeah, it's one no. of those kind of
1: things. But, and that's, that's probably one of the best things. You know, you guys both mentioned your Twitter handles. That's probably one of the – like, there's a lot of bad with social media. But I think one of the better things is that there's a communal aspect. In, and I've seen, like, particularly in the last two years or so, like, more people tweeting about mental health. And, and like, uh, if, if friends are going through something, you know, you don't have to keep it quiet. You know, there's – you're not going through this alone because everybody has good days. Everybody has bad days to different degrees. And, and we, as, as a wise woman once said, I'm not going to say a name, but we should all support each other. Right. I got to stop <laughs> with this, man. I, I don't even know this
3: lady. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, but, um, but yeah, no, but and, and it's also, and, and the thing is like, I think that, with, with, like, you know, being, like, a, you know, uh, a Pakistani guy, uh, whenever mm. I see somebody who's, like, a minority who's going through men- – like, you know, like, like I know ACH didn't handle um all this stuff the right way is what people want to say, but when people are, like, calling for this guy to, like, you know, be blacklisted and, you're like, dude, this guy is going through mental fucking issues, right, man? And, and when you're a performer and you're in an institution where you can't voice out every single – time you're frustrated you're you're gonna blow up once in a while that's why when it, like i'm not saying oh my god feel sorry for celebrities but some of these celebrities are dealing with bigger problems in the in a with like people who are more richer where there's more bullying going on and more like kind of like systemic abuse going on in some ways so i always i hate when people of color especially are getting dog piled on when they're having mental breakdowns because guess what guys like as, as much as like people want to think that mental illness is just oh I'm just sad people mm. are going to be assholes man unfortunately and I'm not saying that's an excuse but I'm just saying you that's one of the stigmas of being mentally ill and I, I that's why I am defend that's why I kind of defend when when uh, especially people of color go through it um, because I feel like um, there's more stigma. When like, you know, a, a minority goes through it opposed to somebody who might be Caucasian, not to make it a whole race thing. I just think in general, we're, people are mentally have mental mental illness, but I just feel like when you're a minority that more people dogpile on you. And, you know what I mean? So I guess me dealing with that as well from like, you know, the Stern Show type of fans who, who kind of do that to me, I can, uh, I can like, you know, feel for an ACH for yeah. what he goes through, you know what I mean. So that's
1: I mean, why- it, it, it's something that, like, not only minorities, but I think men in general, like, there's there's been a stigma, and I'm, I'm glad that it's starting to go away a little bit. But for years, like, guys didn't talk about feelings and, and emotions and stuff that they were going through, and that that's not healthy.
3: Yeah, no, exactly. Like, like back in the day, like if you did that, you'd be like. Oh, what are you gay or something, man? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you know what I mean. And then you'd be like, "Oh no," Cause I used to be kind of like like that. But then I kind of went along with society and going, "Oh, okay." Well, I just gotta make dark jokes and pretend like I don't care and that, that I'm a a cold hearted guy because like. Because be, um, like embracing your emotions and, and 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 who and you know the mental illness that you have that it's it's not seen as a good thing and I I think that with like guys like Mauro Rinaldo and even mm-hmm. like AJ AJ Lee um who's like a huge proponent of uh, uh of, men- of mental of mental health and all that like when you have people like that kind of speaking out I feel like it does more good even if it's like in a limited capacity I just feel like you know it's still a better better solution that we're all like being more aware of and and you're right nate it's not all about just minority i think i i think i even why i mentioned the minority thing i think that when uh a minority does it it's more like it's it's more appalling to like like the general audience who Hmm. don't understand who don't understand sometimes right so that's why i i pinpointed minority specifically because i feel like when like they become a little bit more aggressive, people get all scared. Like, oh my god, what's he gonna do? And like, if I dude, he's he's having he's having a human emotion right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? You gotta you gotta let this guy like kind of like breathe a little bit. You know what I mean? I know he's a public figure. He isn't handling it in the best way possible right now. But I I, I just don't want to dogpile on somebody that's going through those issues. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: And I, I agree with that hundred percent, except for Chris, because Chris just wakes up angry. <laughs> <laughs> i like chris why you you gang banging on sunrises my dude <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, yo, well, well, well yo chris if listen dude if you're ever going through shit as well bro um you know i mean I, I don't know you that well but if you need to talk to someone bro i'm i'm always here and i'm sure there's a huge community of post marks you know post you know honestly post wrestling you know and you know the whole live audio wrestling uh fan base is one of, like, the most friendliest fan bases that I've actually kind of interacted with, you know what I mean? Like, they Especially are... in the
1: world of wrestling.
3: <laughs> exactly, bro, exactly, you know what I mean? So, like, you know what I mean? Like, we, we might not agree with everything, wrestling is, like, kind of toxic by nature and all that, but when it comes, like, you know, to, like, you know, the positive, like, our, our, our mutual love for The Rock, you know what I mean, that, you know, it brings, like, the best together, you know what I mean? Yes.
1: Which is why The Rock should run for president, but we're not going to go there this week
3: because <laughs> we are out of time. Uh,
1: thank you for listening to the Rocky Mountain View of Picture Show, A.K.A. Woo-Saw Radio. We hope uh, we were able to help some people out there with with with, with the good word this week. Uh, now I feel like the the evangelist on the radio. Uh, <laughs> but before we get out of here, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank Austin James Graphic Design for designing the logo for the show. Brother Brady Harrington from the BDE for providing the awesome theme song for the show. And, of course, John Podican and Wei-Tang, the proprietors of Post Wrestling, for putting this whole thing in motion. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at in the number 8, M-O-Z-A-I-K, at Nate Mosaic on Twitter. Or catch me on the gram at Black Nate, B-L-A-Q-U-E underscore in the number 8, because I'm fancy like that uh as hansi mentioned earlier you can check out the kings of sport with myself and marcus vanderberg we have a patreon patreon.com backslash kings of sport where you can find over 70 hours of bonus content we've got video versions of the podcast we've got mcu reviews we've got a political show the 20 twin twin featuring myself and chris which eventually we'll get back to doing this oh,
0: yeah,
1: year definitely. uh Cause, Cause, you know, I know Chris got some hot, hot takes now that his girl Marianne Williamson dropped out the race, and I, I need you to let the people get them on the Um, what, what else is on there? Uh, there, there's a, uh, there's uh the the entire run. We talked about comics earlier. If if you're into Marvel and in particular the Netflix shows, which are no longer with us, uh, unfortunately, the complete run of Always Forward, which was a Luke Cage podcast I did with Ethan Guzman that is available on the Patreon as well. So head over there for five bucks. It unlocks a world of content. So that's going to do it for this month's edition of the Rocky Mountain via picture show. Thank you guys and girls for listening. Thanks again, of course, to my guests in the theater this week, brother Hanzi and brother Chris. And I'm sure this will not be the last time you hear them on the show. Hanzi, I'm sure we'll be back in the future. Chris, Chris never leaves the theater. He just hangs out in the lobby.
0: Yeah, for real.
1: It's like uh, Stan Lee on that Simpsons episode with, with the comic book guy. <laughs> Stan
0: <Lee's, laughs>
1: like Stan Lee never left. Like, like Chris <laughs> is still in the theater. Chris never left, y'all. He's, he's always here by the popcorn machine. Uh, but yes, that's going to do it for this month's edition of the Rocky Mountain View Picture Show for Chris, for Hanzi, and of course for Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Thank you for listening. And remember, Nubian eyes are watching.